Hello, everyone, and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, February 7th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Whitney McDonald, and we are happy to welcome back Amanda Harris. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending February 4th, 2022. Last week, Ford Motor Company shared its reorganization plans to invest as much as $20 billion to its electric vehicle future. Ford is looking to Tesla's success for inspiration as the automaker works to convert factories from gas-powered vehicle production to EV production plants. Leading the reorganization effort is former Apple and Tesla executive Doug Field. Ford has already committed $30 billion to its EV business through 2025 and has tripled the output of the electric Mustang Mach-E and doubled the production of its new F-150 Lightning electric pickup truck. The reorganization plan is in the works and still continues to evolve. Later last week, non-farm payrolls increased 467,000 in January, according to the Labor Department report. Payroll advances in January were originally estimated at 125,000 with Omicron and season, seasonal adjustments anticipated to play a role. And although the labor market performed better than expected, Omicron did stop 3.6 million employee Americans from going to work in January. Moving over to our coverage from last week, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau issued a request for public input on fees associated with their bank, credit union, loan, mortgage, prepaid, or credit card account, or payment transfers. Looking at these fees have not resulted in immediate CFPB action, but it does signal that this will be a point of focus for the larger consumer finance space, which also obviously includes auto lenders. You know, looking back, we know that the CFPB is slow moving on these processes, but in the meantime, auto lenders should review their fee processes as well as their disclosures as the CFPB progresses with what is assumed to be UDAP investigation or UDAP investigation on investigations on UDAP violations. Perhaps our biggest story last week uh, was that Amanda started back up with the team and covered some power sports news amongst other stories, including that CFPB story. Uh, Amanda, it's great to have you back. And why don't you tell us what's going on in the power sports in the marine space? Well, thanks. It's good to be back with y'all, of course. Um, yep. So I did take a look at um, boat sales because uh, we know things are just crazy in the marine world, just like with all power sports and auto right now, really. Um, but the New York boat show was um, about a week, week two ago. Um, and basically, it just kind of showed what everyone's been thinking. Uh, the inventory there was very, very scarce. What was there, um, prices were up, you know, kind of in range, uh, 15 to 50%, just depending on, you know, the model type of boat, uh, compared to the show in 2020, which is the last time they held one. They had to push back the 2021 show to earlier this year um, instead. And then deliveries, sort of people who went to the show were ready to buy, but they were ordering for deliveries set in late this year or early next year. Uh, so really people are ordering boats almost a year ahead of when they would actually use them for the season. Um, so right now a build can take about eight months or so to fulfill, um, which is similar to what we saw really last year as well, just pretty much holding steady with everything right now. Um, you, you can't really get anything um, lower than I think within six months at this point. 
Um, I had my couches delivered finally after almost a year of waiting. So it's, it's kind of like with everything right now and, and power sports is no exception. Um, so that was kind of the big takeaway really that prices are still there, but it's not, it's not driving away people at all. Um, they're still getting people coming in every day wanting to order for um, the next summer. Um, so we'll see how that works out and, and we'll see if people start trading in again. Maybe that'll help things, but they're not really doing that either right now. So um, are we see, seeing any movement on LTVs or is that kind of steady? Yeah, so right now things are still steady. Um, we talked to one dealership um, and they talked about how right now the financing side really looks the same for them. Um, so just as an example, their average consumer finances at a 5.99% APR rate, typically for about 20 years, and they put about 20% down. And they still have about 20% of their customers opting to finance their boat purchases, um, and which is pretty much in line with their typical. Um, so we haven't really seen that part shift so much. I think the biggest shift is just people are having to order way earlier and they are having to order. They're not able to walk in and just buy a boat, finance it and walk out with it that day or even that week or month. Um, so I think that's still the biggest shift. 20 years, that's like a mini mortgage. I know. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, when and you think probably, about some of these. Models. It's probably a, a house on, on a boat. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> some of the models I looked at just for fun, uh, one was like 600000 which is a good bit more than my house. So <laughs> I imagine you would want to space that out over some years. So yeah, and your it's a house big purchase. Float. Yeah, exactly. Really cool though. Um, and then the other big thing that happened in uh, the kind of marine power sports world um, was Yamaha Financial Services uh, named a new president and chief executive. Uh, so Craig Hewitt, uh, who has been with Yamaha since 2020, um, he was serving as chief operating officer of the captive. Um, so he's now CEO, or C yeah, CEO and president of the captive. Um, so he was kind of promoted and his predecessor, Jeff Young, um, is going to serve as chairman of Yamaha Financial Services. So he's still with the company. He's just in a different role. Um, so it's kind of a, one of the big staffing changes that came out of this week in that space. Great. Well, we wish the best of luck to Craig. Uh, you know, he, he was our, on our speaker faculty at the Power Sports Finance Summit uh, in the fall, and it was great to have him there as chief operating officer. It'll be very exciting to see what he does with Yamaha. <clears throat> in the future. We'll follow it for sure. Yeah. Uh, lastly, uh, we continued our coverage of fourth quarter earnings. Whitney, I believe you covered a couple of the captives. Um, so any new trends, similar trends that we've been seeing over the last, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, how long has it been? <laughs> yes, fourth quarter earnings continue. Last week we covered Credit Acceptance Corp, GM Financial, Ford Credit, and Nicholas Financial. So Credit Acceptance Corp and GM Financial were the second and third auto lenders to post declines in their origination volume. They followed Chase Auto, which also uh, decreased originations. Um, or Credit Acceptance Corp originations fell 23% to 49,427 contracts, and GM Financial's originations fell 25% to $10.2 billion. So limited inventory and elevated vehicle prices played a role in those declines for all three of those lenders. Nicholas Financial posted quite the opposite. Its originations increased 84% year over year. 
in fiscal year Q3, clocking in at 8.5 million. Its indirect originations grew for the fourth consecutive quarter, increasing 27.5% year over year to $19.5 million. Ford Credit's fourth quarter resulted in strong credit performance, credit reserve release, and increased auction values. The captives' auction values increased 43% year over year to $30,560 per unit. Ford, also, Ford Credit also followed a trend that we've been seeing throughout the fourth quarter as earnings has came through. Its loss to receivables ratio increased sequentially to 0.07%, but stayed well below its Q4 2020 results. Um, lastly, the captives outstandings fell more than 4% year over year to 55.6 billion. So of course, we'll continue to be following Q4 earnings this week and beyond. So that was it for last week's earnings. Right. And I, you know, I think it's important to note as well that, you know, credit acceptance, they, they operate in pretty, pretty deep subprime, right? So, uh, you know, we, I've been speaking to, to some subprime lenders, um, you know, here and there over the last week. And, and really, you know, I've, I've been trying to gauge whether or not, you know, elevated used vehicle values and um, limited inventory is sort of pushing, uh, you know, those those deep subprime and, and subprime consumers out of the market. And it really, you know, um, credit acceptance chief executive on the call sort of indicated that, you know, those 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 drivers, like you mentioned, were, were making it difficult for his consumer. But, you know, if you look at... Um, you know, the larger subprime market, it's not really clear yet. It, it, I guess the trend really isn't that this is happening across the board. Um, similarly, Nicholas Financial, you know, they're, they're tiny. They're super small. Um, and they, they're really been reaping the benefits of their sort of hyper-regionalized um, focus on, on their direct model and getting those consumers in, in those regions into, into cars. Um, so, you know, it, it's really interesting. They're also sort of, you know, subprime, somewhat deep subprime to see how, you know, that, that sort of direct to consumer um, is, is working uh, in, in our current, like, super tight inventory environment, high used vehicle values, you know, those buzzwords that are in almost every one of our articles, um, to see how that's playing out differently in, in the market. And then, of course, you know, with, with these bigger guys, um, you know, it, it, these market movements are, are expected. Um, especially during such a, you know, kind of a volatile time. Um, but I think that about does it for our episode today. Um, so thanks everyone for joining us on the roadmap and please rate us on whichever platform you use to listen to the program and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll see you all online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.